And I'm Allie. And it's about, about time for true crime. Hey. What's going on, you guys? We are having a low-key afternoon after a week of literal chaos. Absolute, total, complete fucking chaos. 25-9. Um, but here we are, and this is a much better way to end the week than we started it. Yes, we don't normally record on Fridays, but at the time you guys are listening to this, it's going to be a Tuesday, but we are recording this on a Friday of a very long week. A very long week. And this is the best way I can think to end it, if I'm being honest. Honestly, once we get here, it's so calm and chill, and we just get to talk about something we like and decompress, which is nice. It's awful that we can sit around and talk about the most horrific things that have happened in the world and be like, ah, I feel better now. (laughs) (laughs) That's on anxiety, babe. Like, I am not like a horror movie person. Like, I'll be honest, like, it's not really my thing. I won't watch them if I'm home alone. Like, I can't do that. However, I will sleep like a fucking baby where it's like, and then she murdered him and buried him in the backyard. And I'm like, yes, she did. Go, bitch. And like, "Mm, night, night. Girl power. (laughs) Just go to sleep. It's like, is there something wrong with me? Like, I will put that on to relax myself as like a lullaby to bed. I can't fall asleep with it, but it definitely is relaxing for me. And that's I'm really weird. messed up. I just can't. No, I just can't fall asleep. <laughs> oh. Um, if I have TV on or something that has a plot, I can't zone it out to go to bed. I have to know what happens, even if I've seen it before. Oh, my God. Which is so annoying because I don't know. Like, it would be nice to fall asleep to, like, one of my favorite shows or, like, songs. But I'm like, I love this song. I'm like, ooh, I love that line. I can't wait for it to come up. Oh, my I've God. Seen it. Or I'm like... I need to know what happens and I can't fall asleep. (laughs) See, I can put on, well, like when I had cable, your girl's not paying for cable. All right. This shit's expensive. Hell no. Like even like putting on like one of those Netflix things where they have like the 22 episodes in a season and they're like 30 minute, like forensic files or something. Yeah. I will put that on to sleep and then I will wake up and have had really weird dreams because I was definitely just listening to what they were saying and yes. it worked its way into my dream. Like, you know how like your alarm starts going off and somehow like in your dream, you're like wherever you are, you're like, oh, what's that noise? Ooh. Yeah. And you just ignore it. And then you're a half hour late and to work. Like, it's really good. It's so weird that I'm in the school bus and the alarm is going off it's right just now. So, and no one else is hearing this. This is madness. Okay. <sighs> wow. I've never had. <laughs> oh, shoot. What is it? auditory hallucinations before yes auxiliary i don't know i don't know your words i think it's auditory auditory i mean i don't know i agree that sounds right it got the point across mm-hmm. i'm sure it's not medically right but i'm sure like y'all know what we're talking about yeah although i also am pretty sure i have tinnitus no yes i didn't think i did and then our coworker who has it from some of his service told me about it and i was like Oh, shoot. That's like not something that everybody just deals with all the time. Is yeah, that constant like ringing? The ringing. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would hear the noise that sounded like a washer machine. Like it would sound like something like like in a cycle. Oh, like a, interesting. I don't. There's no other way to describe, which is why I've never told a doctor about it, because how I'm, I'm going to make an appointment to say what? It sounds like there's a washer machine in my <laughs> ear. And then they'll be like, yeah, here's some like the you rinse need, you need cycle therapy. is just nonstop here. I don't know what to do. With it. But I, I would hear it and it would be really 
weird and it would be distracting in classes and stuff it's been a while since i've had that i feel like it was only when i was in school i what's wrong with me can literally hear the tone now it's like a very high-pitched i would call it an e but i don't think i'm <laughs> that <laughs> me 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 i don't think i have that much of perfect pitch i have a little bit my brother has a better but <laughs> i would call it a very high e <laughs> well mm-hmm. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah babe that kind of sounds like it yeah no I'm pre- i mean that's what happens when you go to concerts as a child that never wear ear protection oh so but it was fun it was good worth it wouldn't take it away <laughs> i wouldn't take it back <laughs> um and i don't normally notice it but that's probably because i'm always talking <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard to hear things over my own voice sometimes maybe that's real. why you talk so much i'm it's like it's a theory it's, it's a good like theory survivor mode yeah if I, I like can't it. hear it, it can't bug me. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's like when you hit the pothole when you're driving and you just like turn your volume. <laughs> you just turn <laughs> up your favorite podcast that you're listening to. Hey. Turn it up a little bit louder so you don't have to hear whatever the fuck you just did to your car. The clanking of your bumper hanging on by a thread. <laughs> Speaking from personal experience. My air conditioner broke in my car, guys. Ugh. It is just throwing hot air out me. I mean, it's like it's it's putting air out. It's just like hotter than the devil's asshole Ooh, sexy arid yeah. Ooh, mm. really like paints a picture for you right it really does i like to say i have a way with words um you certainly have a way with words i don't know what direction <laughs> we're going but but it's a way <laughs> it, it sure is um oh my gosh so you guys today i'm excited because we're gonna get into part two of the john benet ramsey evidence i'm so excited hey i loved last episode getting to talk about the letter uh, that letter is fucked up. There's just so many. I'm As it stands right now, I'm still in the camp that I was in. I still believe someone in that house did it. They're trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. She died accidentally. I think Burke did it. Here's the thing. I feel like if they had anything to do with it and it wasn't that story, would it not be shrewd to come out and just say this is what actually happened? because even as parents try like even if that is exactly what happened if burke did it purposefully or accidentally and they helped cover it up to protect him doesn't it make more sense to just like come out with the fact that you covered it up or if he had nothing to do with it to do that to protect your son's reputation because the whole point of something like that would be to keep your family and child safe yeah i mean and the other awful thing to me is like when you were going over the investigation especially mm-hmm. and talking about the emphasis on a proper burial and the idea that they wanted all of them to be together it's like yeah. if john benet is buried in a grave that is like side by side with the people responsible for her murder like i just it breaks my heart even more because not only is she already dead but she's laid to rest in a place that like now won't be restful do you know what i'm saying right. like that's where my mind goes it's like i don't think it's a stranger and i feel like it's one of those three people that were in the house and they're all just gonna be i mean i don't know it's just to yeah. me it's like it's symbolic and that's upsetting that it's like if patsy's buried right next to her and she had something to do with that and that's a you know it's a big if right but if it was it's just like she didn't even she can't even get away from it in death really yeah and it's just i don't know it's so sad the current the current place i'm in with patsy is that i don't think she had anything to do with it in the beginning i think she got roped in 
but there's a lot of, uh, for me, the letter, the profiling of the letter, the way it was written, and also the statistical odds that we looked at where there would literally be statistically on average 10 people in the entire town of Boulder, Colorado that would match all of those things. And then the content of the letter and the ways that we were seen how close the two of the two of them being like the writer of the letter and John Ramsey must have been mm-hmm. to have had those intimate details. Right. Plus on top of it with John Bonet, some of the things we'll see in this episode, the ways that whoever did it must have been close with her to get kind of in on that. Mm-hmm. To me, that all says it had to be an inside job and Patsy was kind of roped in. And the thing is, is like, even if I were someone as close to them, right? Like, say I'm a friend. Call me Fleet. Sure. Right? Or Priscilla, if you will. I don't know. I'm I'm just, I kind of have it with Fleet. I get it. It, Listen, Fleet White is like a hell of a name in a good way. It's kind of like sci-fi. Like, I feel like Fleet White should be on um, Star Trek. It feels sci-fi-y. Isn't that what, um, did you ever watch Breaking Bad? No, babe. You oh, know damn this. It. Okay, well, someone else out there might know. I'm pretty sure the son, Walter Jr., like, started mm-hmm. going as Fleet? Flick? Something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was something like, okay, we're just gonna call ourselves that Flick now. Fleet White. <laughs> but, like, yeah, and it was Walter White. That was the... Yes. Yes. So, I, I don't know. That. Okay. Potentially. I'm, I'm but it. anyway, say that I'm him. Uh-huh. I totally squirreled there. I have no idea where I got, went with that. But like, if I were to know all of those intimate personal details ab- about the Ramses and I wanted to hurt them in this way, I wouldn't put that information in there. Right. I wouldn't want to give credit to anyone accusing me of anything. I wouldn't want to be found out. Yeah. So why put that? You know, you can know it and allude to it. Yeah. Like, you can put a dollar amount. Why does it have to be 118? It's just, you know what I mean? There's a whole ton in that that letter that was just so back-ass words. I love no you sense. when you're back-ass words. Mm, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ass-backwards feels too too succinct for any of anything back-ass words. <laughs> yeah, and anything that we're talking about in this John Bonet series. Yes. It's just all terrible. So, you guys, today I kind of wanted to go over John Bonet's body, like her evidence or the evidence on Found and within on her. her. Yeah. Um, and also some of the other interesting details that we see and how this sort of paints the picture that we get to today. So first I wanted to start with the autopsy file, which, yes, I found the autopsy file. Oh, my God. It wasn't that hard. I Googled it and it was like you want this pdf from 1996 and i said fuck yeah i do that's so bad um it's horrible the worst of it is like you you know i know and i'm sure everybody here can imagine uh how mundane reports look from like the government and any autopsy report it's that like um typewriter kind of font yeah it's it's all black and white sounds clinic it's just so yeah clinical and detached because it has to be it's it is the most purely objective kind of writing and so you go down and you see this autopsy report and the name is ramsey john benet date of birth 8690 age 6y mm. sex f <laughs> like 
it's just freaking hard to watch like some i don't know i feel awful for the autopsy um technician technician that had to do this i was gonna say conductor oh what the hell (laughs) it's a friday it's okay um so i wanted to basically just start with the first page i'm not going to go into anything like intense or fancy but the first page of all autopsy reports has the final diagnosis as well as any of the toxicology studies that they did oh good so i figured this would just be like a good upfront like wraparound and then we'll talk about things so for the final diagnosis we have a ligature strangulation so it was circumference circumferential ligature with associated ligature furrow of neck abrasions and pedicle hemorrhages in the neck um petechial yes it's what they the red they see in the eyes when someone's been strangled got it because the blood vessels in your eyes burst so she has you know when you lay upside down and like the blood rushes to your head and your eyes almost feel like they're gonna pop like that really uncomfortable feeling it's like that do you want to know something really gross Oh my, uh, yeah, we're in this podcast, absolutely. Um, every time I vomit, I get those. So. Oh my god, yum! They look like little freckles all around my eyes. Little like, oh. Mm-hmm. And every so time cute. I, every time it happens, I go into the office and someone is like, I don't know, you had freckles. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Did you watch Vampire Diaries? Uh, yes. Okay, and how like their like they like sniff a little blood and they yeah. go like, and then their their little eyes turn like all that black and whatever. Yes. It's like not that dramatic, but like yeah, they will turn like blue and black That'd and red it. and. Like, the, your eyeballs themselves will, like, have the red. Yeah. Because all the little veins in there, will, mm. little vessels will pop. Yeah. I, I get that. Okay, so it's petechial. Petechial. So, she had abrasions and petechial hemorrhages in her neck, as well as petechial hemorrhages, conjunctival surface of eyes and skin of face. So, mm. just like I get when I throw up. But, um, poor little baby was strangled around her neck, and that's how. Mm. Then we have the craniocerebral injuries. So for those of you who don't know, that is your brain and skull. So there was a scalp contusion. There was a linear um, comminuted fracture of the right side. So basically her skull was fractured on the right side. Mm -hmm. There was a linear pattern of contusions on the right cerebral hemisphere, subarachnoid and subdural hemorrhage. So hemorrhaging literally under her brain. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, there were those small contusions, tips on the temporal lobe. So that's the part of your brain that's like right around your actual temple, like you'd expect yeah. on both sides. But it does say it was on both of the tips of the temporal lobes. Well, I guess it doesn't say that. It says temporal lobes, which makes me assume it's both. But everything else seems to be damaged to the right side of her head, which is um, exactly where she was hit with whatever blunt force trauma there was right which at this time they think is the bat that was found outside yes then there was an abrasion of the right cheek an abrasion or contusion on the posterior right shoulder so on her like shoulder blade on the back Mm. um abrasions of the left lower back and left lower leg and abrasions and vascular congestion of vaginal mucus Mm. and a ligature of the right wrist She's six. The toxicology study is kind of the highlight of this because of all the things that the six-year-old did have to endure. There was no blood ethanol or drugs detected in her blood. Okay. Which is a highlight that she wasn't drugged, but a downside because she was awake for everything else. Mm. Presumably. 
So the clinical correlation was the cause of death of this six-year-old female is asphyxia by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma. And that was signed by John E. Meyer, MD, on 12-27-96. So that sucked. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a downer. Yeah, it doesn't get a lot better, I'll be real. So now we'll just kind of get into John Bonet, how she was found, what we know in association with the autopsy results. Okay. So when she was initially found, she was found with some white silk cord wrapped around her neck, like a garrote. And it was connected to a white silk, uh, I mean, it was the same kind of cord, a white cord that was tied to her right arm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys know how garrots work, but basically, Allie had to explain it to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> the contraption sort of works where it is wrapped around the person's neck. And then as you crank kind of a turn in the back of that rope, it gets tighter every time you twist it. Yeah. So, so this was connected to like the stick, right? Mm-hmm. Or So this is this garrote. They basically use this white cord and then twisted it in a way. And I believe that's why they tied it to the right hand was to create that tension. Because that was sort of what I found in looking it up and makes the most sense. Though there are a few, I guess there are a few theories on why there was rope around the right hand. But that's the one I adhere to Mm -hmm. and the paintbrush was broken in half and they used the stick end of the paintbrush to sort of do that cranking motion that made the silk cord get tighter um and the paintbrush handle they found the other half of the broken paintbrush that belonged to patsy ramsey so now on top of uh if we believe this was an outside job the person having uh broken in Finding John Bonet, writing a three-page letter, keeping John Bonet alive until John Bonet was not alive. <laughs> like, yes. now we're adding that they're also finding the paintbrush to do this with at the crime scene, which is just freaking a lot. It's just a lot. The rope wasn't. The rope was not actually sourced to come from the home, which is the first piece of fucking evidence that has not come from the Ramsey home. Yeah, and who knows if that was just an oversight at this point. Exactly, because as we also know, the investigation was fucking shot. So, love to see it. So, this is very sad, but John Bonet was also found. Um, so, the shirt that she was wearing, the upper anterior right sleeve, so the top front of the right sleeve contained a dried brown tan stain consistent with mucus from the nose or mouth. There were long johns that she was wearing, long white underwear that were stained with urine mm. in the crotch area and all over the legs. Beneath the long underwear were white panties with rosebuds and the words that said Wednesday on the elastic band and the underwear is urine stained and the inner aspect of the crotch um, has several areas of red staining. Oh. Yes. Oh, I don't like that. Nope. (laughs) No, there is nothing to like about that. Yeah, as opposed to all the things in this case that I do like. Yes. But seriously, what the... (sighs) Yeah, it is not my favorite thing. Oh... She was also wearing a little cross necklace, which is just sad. Then we go down. There are ligature and circles around the neck. Oh, 
We talked about this in the investigation, but she was also found with that duct tape around her wrists and her mouth. Right. However, when John Ramsey found her, quote unquote, however you'd like to believe, um, he took off the duct tape and the duct tape around the hands. So we don't have any evidence based off of what those could have brought to the table that haven't been tampered with. So we don't even know if she was really found with those things. I mean, we're just going based purely off of what he has said. Yes. So I'm assuming so. Like, I'm assuming she was found that way because I feel like they would have tested those. (laughs) Even if, you know, they expected to find some sort of interference. Oh, yeah. But But it's just like we have to, we don't know. Let's just pretend it wasn't them. Let's, you know. Then she could have been placed in the basement strategically or like like symbolically in in some kind of position or posture or something that would have maybe have given a clue or something but nope we don't have that why would we do that that would be too easy so (sighs) so now i want to start with some of the other things that they found on her like clothing fibers and all of that Cool. 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 So she was wearing a white t-shirt. Again, we talked about the stains on it, but this t-shirt was embroidered with a silver star decorated with lots of little sequins. Of course it was. Because she was a fucking six-year-old. Then she had that long underwear. The long underwear, by the way, is where they found the DNA that they did find to be male DNA. Um, I mentioned that earlier, I think, in last week's evidence episode. They also claim that they found DNA under her fingernails. And while originally what I read said, you know, they found the DNA to be male, I can confirm that they only were able to confirm that the DNA in the long underwear was male. They didn't have enough under the fingernails to test and confirm that it was the same. They assume so, though. Okay, that makes sense. It, It does make sense to me, but I just feel like the whole... The whole problem for me with cases like this when they go unsolved for so long is that they um, start to present things as though they're all fact, even when you don't have that. And I think that can really throw things off. Like, let's let's pretend and not pretend. Let's really only say that we know what we know. No, seriously. Because I think when you start to pretend, that's where you start to lose trails because you're trying to fit a narrative. You're not trying to find the truth. So then there were the white Wednesday underwear that we talked about. And these ones were really interesting, actually, because they were super oversized for her. It sounded like she normally wore like a four to six or a six to eight. So my thought was actually that she might have gotten to wear these because they were like a Christmas present. These ones were size 12 to 14, which is big that's what i think i think she probably was so excited and opened them on christmas morning and didn't even care that they said wednesday even though it wasn't wednesday right and because she's six in case you forgot they had cute little roses on them who wouldn't want to i'm not gonna (laughs) okay fun side tangent in this really awful story um i was potty trained because my cousins (laughs) i'm not kidding well, not because. <laughs> because of something your cousins did. You yes. Body yes. My parents tried so many things. They tried like bribing me with like M&Ms. And then I was like a Pavlov dog and I didn't associate with the M&Ms. 
with like peeing on the potty. I just associated with flushing it. I would just go like flush the toilet and be like, M&M's please. Of course. And they were like, what the fuck? So <laughs> um, it took a little while. I feel like there were a couple different attempts. And finally there was like a family party going on. And when my cousins took me to the bathroom and they were like, you know, if you get potty trained, you can wear cool big girl underwear. And I'm sure they like showed me a pair of like Hanes briefs that were had like flowers or puppies on them or something. And I was like sold. That's it. I'll do everything. I'll do anything you say. I want a snowflake on my ass stat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. This one, this part makes me particularly sad because that's definitely reminiscent of my childhood. Yeah, where because I was you like, can recall things like that. I loved it. It was so fun. It was like, you mean I don't have to wear a big like Pampers diaper with kids cartoons on it anymore? I'm a big kid now. Mm-hmm. Like, Hell yeah. So that made me really sad. Um, but she had been in other underwear all day. So it was clear that she changed these either in the afternoon or the evening. There were also like, we talked about the urine stain and the several areas of red staining. (sighs) This is so bleak. So when she was found, she was also found in those light colored pajamas, the long johns and that little white shirt. But next to her, there was also a Barbie nightgown, which was fascinating because there was blood found on the nightgown. But she wasn't wearing the nightgown. No. And it was next to her in the wine cellar. Mm. So to me, my thought process on that is like, maybe she was wearing the Barbie nightgown got attacked and then got changed to sort of like minimize the blood on her. But there was still blood in the underwear. There was still blood on the nightgown next to her. So I'm not really sure what the whole thing with that is. Cause it also doesn't sound like she was killed in the wine cellar. There wasn't like a pool of blood or anything. Right. Which I mean, I would think there would be with a head wound at least. Mm-hmm. Or at least some, you know, something. So those are some of the clothing pieces that we have. Let's talk about the duct tape on the mouth. Also, while we're talking about the clothing, you guys, before I move on, I did just want to say there was some fiber evidence that was found in the underwear. And this has caused like a lot of confusion because I feel like there are a few different kinds of fibers found all over her body. My Christmas Day theory of the underwear also comes from the fact that some of the fibers that were unknown were sourced back to the warehouse that the underwear were made in. Um, So just a little heads up. Some of the fiber stuff is like, you got to take it with a grain of salt to the best of your ability. (laughs) Or, you know, at least wait for the full story before you assume everything points to something and that again that's the whole theme of this case right when it's not solved anything could be the thing but not anything is going to be everything well right and i think especially with that because i remember reading that they were able to trace it back to like the shop that the underwear was made like sewn in or whatever right and to me that makes sense because if it were like a stray fiber or something that wasn't like part of the actual underwear that she was wearing right to me that lends credit to her opening at christmas morning and getting so excited and putting them right on and not washing them first right normally like i would wash clothes before i would get them but if she's just so excited and they're brand new then she's she's putting those on right 
Yeah. And so that would make sense why they could find that, I think. Because otherwise, yeah. I feel like that would be gone in the wash, right? I I mean, I would assume so. I'd hope so. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, also, you guys, um, put your little synthetic clothes in like a microfiber catching bag. Not a microfiber, a microplastic catching bag. They sell them for like 20 bucks on Amazon. But uh, if you don't, your microplastics get into your water and then in your body. And that's not good. Ew. Yep. Anyway, moving on to the duct tape. Hmm. <laughs> so the duct tape was obviously not found by law enforcement on John Bonet. It was found by John Ramsey, who picked it up before he brought her upstairs. Fleet White also picked up this tape and examined it. Of course he did. Fun fuck, fact. Fuck you, Fleet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have enough evidence to say just kidding or not just kidding, but oh, no. we'll just leave that there. So the physical characteristics of it, the duct tape was black, um, which was weird because black John duct tape. It's not weird that the duct tape was black. It's weird because John Ramsey kept being like, it was black. It wasn't electric. Like it wasn't electrical tape, but it was black. It was weird. And he just kept making comments about it. Well, I was just, my head went to the gray duct tape. So yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know, but duct tape comes in like all f- colors. Do you well, remember now, like the duct tape craze? Oh my God, it was obnoxious. Uh, yeah, all of the freaking wallets that were made from them. Oh um, my God, I remember that. Yeah. Those were so gross. There was some girl who made her entire prom dress out of duct tape one year. And that I was you like, knew? Or I don't, you saw it like online? I don't think I knew her. I think it was like an online thing. But... It was really funny because now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, that girl dated her prom. Like, she said this was during the duct tape craze. Oh, my God. Have you ever, like... When was that? Like, 2008, 2010? It was horrible. Yeah, but, like, I... Okay, so I was wearing something strapless once, right? Oh, no. (laughs) And I didn't have a strapless bra. Yeah. And I was like, oh, to keep the girls where they need to be... Oh, did you duct tape? I used duct tape. (gasps) It was horrible uh-huh. so i horrible like you have to stand in the shower try to like Aww. ever and it's not something you can just like like a band-aid rip it off i'm like no. what am i gonna take with it if i do that i can't yes. do it. it was terrible and then you have that residue so if yes. she got that like on her with that dress that would be head to toe stuck to forget yep. about it no way mm-hmm. well and the <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think she probably like backed it. Like, I don't think she taped it on herself, but still. Yikes. I don't know. Those duct tape people were like committed. They were into it. They were committed. Um, How do you but, put that on a six-year-old? She probably had all that like little residue stuck to her little face. What's fascinating about this, though, is that when they took off the tape, there was a perfect lip print on there. Like she was already dead. Yes. So. Oh, what the fuck? It notes that the strip of duct tape um, had a bloody mucus on it and a perfect set of lip prints, which indicates there was not even a tongue impression of resistance. Yeah, not even trying to fight it or, or talk, talk or through make it noise. or anything. Nope. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Fascinating here. Both ends were torn. So it had been a used roll of duct tape and also not cut, torn, which okay. is just weird. And the weirdest part that I think of this duct tape <laughs> is that there was beaver hair in it. What? Uh-huh. Like real? Yes. Beaver? Animal hair alleged to be from a beaver. 
Isn't like, that fucking weird? As part of the duct tape or attached to the like, duct I believe attached tape. to the duct tape. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. In Colorado? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not that there'd be anywhere. I'd be like, oh, that makes sense, but... Well, I mean, Illinois has beavers. Well, I mean, I'd, beavers are around, but I don't really think the Ramses are, like, frolicking with them. You don't think so? I didn't get the no. sense. No. But they did find out that um, the beaver <laughs> the beaver hair did not come from the Ramsey home, which is cool. Same with the tape. They don't think that the blood tape was sourced to the Ramses. They do think it's possible. Well, and by they, I do mean, like, the internet sleuths of the world one such place could have been um from the american girl doll because they believe at the time the american girl doll boxes used the tape from the brand that they found this role to be oh so that's possible it, it is not confirmed or anything but i thought that was interesting so then also when I was looking at when the tape was applied, you were just exactly right with what you were talking about. It, They believe it was like a staging thing where it was put on after she was dead. No resistance. The Ramsey's staging it. No. What? Well, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the Ramsey's, but whoever it was, clearly she had um, enough of a connection with that they didn't need to duct tape her mouth before she was dead. So let's just keep that in our little minds. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah, that's okay. I don't blame you. It's not good. It's all terrible. It is, in fact, all terrible. You're right. Thank you. I hate it a lot. So then we're going to go on the general appearance section in all of the John Bonet evidence stuff that I'm looking at here does talk about the fact that she was 47 inches tall mm. so 3 foot 11 mm. and 45 pounds mm. I was wrong with my 62 I think I said 30 so yeah. I wasn't you were closer than I was true but I'm not proud of that yeah it's not better she was only like a foot short in that. She is only like a foot shorter than you. Oh, no. Aww. So, sad. I don't like it at all. So then let's talk about the torso. So, one of the only injuries that were on her, like, body, we talked about the ones on her legs and the one on her shoulder and the one on her torso. Um, So the one on her shoulder, like we talked about, it was in the back of her right shoulder. um, Very superficial. So like what I would expect it to be is kind of like a bruise or a light cut or scrape. Mm -hmm. It's not very deep at all. And it said that it was like three quarters by one half inch. And there was like a pale purple. So like it had already started bruising. Okay. Or... I mean, I'm not an autopsy technician, but it could have also been um, internal bleeding, like bleeding underneath. If the skin didn't break, I'm not sure. Hmm. So uh, this part isn't fun. None of this so far has been fun. Well, hold your butts. It's worse. We're going to go to the vaginal area. 
So you guys oh. just hit that 15 second skip ahead a few times here if you're not up for it, which I get. And I ask you to do if you need to do that because your mental health is important. Take care of yourself, people. So we're going to get into the vaginal area. It's just so clinical. Like the implications of this are so incredibly heinous and it's such clinical language. Yeah, it has to be so objective, true or not true. Ugh. So the genitalia are prepubescent and no pubic hair is found. Because she's six. Correct. So the dried blood was found on the perineum along the edges of the closure of the labia majora. So like the outer set, if you will. And then the hyperemia. The outer set. I'm done. There was an increased amount of blood flow in this body part due to inflammation or obstruction preventing the blood from flowing out. There so, was, so, but like external damage is what we're no. So it's mm. puffy because there was an increased amount of blood flow due to inflammation or an obstruction preventing blood from flowing out, which would mean it was either a hemorrhage inside or it was inflamed, or both. Sad. So that, oh God. I hate this, you guys. I hate clinical language. Why the hell would anybody say a vestibule of the vagina? Like, you know a vestibule, like when you go into a store and it's like in between the two sliding doors where you get your carts, like... Oh my God. You know, your your local grocery. That, that's a vestibule. A vestibule is not in a vagina. I'm sorry. Get it right. So... But apparently... There is. <laughs> yes. And it's just, there's, it makes me so sad <laughs> um, because this inflammation and like the, like the inflammation of all of the increased blood in that area is extending to just outside of the vaginal orifice. So that just, to me, that just means some pretty significant trauma there, mm -hmm. which is awful. There was also an abrasion, which was a one centimeter red purple area located um, right on the posterior lateral area of the hymenal orifice. So yeah. she still had her hymen. Okay. Which I suppose is good, or at least the orifice, which I would assume is the opening to it. So, fun fact if any of you are men and you don't have a lot of education on women's uh, little lady parts, the hymen is. A natural thing that many women are born with some of them are completely closed but most of them are partially open and basically you lose your hymen a bunch of different ways it was once thought only in sex but like we've found that women will lose it if they learn to do the splits or like fall on a bike or there's a whole bunch of different reasons so it sounds like her hymen might have been intact but it also seems like uh, they were not necessarily commenting just on that it was about the abrasion around like kind of to the side and the back from it, if you will, a little, which is just, mm, I hate it. So <laughs> I'm, I don't even know what to say about it. Like, it's just, I hate that we have to talk about the hymen of a six-year-old. And, and I hate that we have to talk about obstructing blood flow because of damage done. Yep. There is an abrasion in her genitals as a six-year-old. And I can only assume that whoever it was, it was frequently enough because they did not need to duct tape her mouth. That's so awful. And then I'll also throw this out there just for the sake of throwing it out there. Because once again, not solved. 
I guess it's possible that someone duct taped her mouth, took it off, and replaced the duct tape afterwards. I doubt it, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. So this is, I'm going to try to like speed it up a little bit. It's just very sad. So essentially the only other things that they really found here was that on the right labia is a very faint violet discoloration. So probably another um, bruise and or abrasion. I wonder if they're able to determine like the age of each um, injury. Like if these were injuries that were starting to heal or if this was all the day that she died. I'll look that up. Um, the non-autopsy sources basically said the injuries are consistent with sexual assault, just as we all thought. Um, the bleeding in the genital area does show that she was alive when she was assaulted. Um, they, this is heinous. There is a note in an article written by Carnes in 2003 that basically said they believe they found wooden shards from that paintbrush handle um, found in her vagina. Okay, so she was assaulted with the that. paintbrush, they think. And then that was used to also strangle her. Yeah, isn't that so cute? Um, lastly, the pubic area was wiped down. Like cleaned, mm-hmm. basically? Yep. But they didn't find semen. Nope. Okay. So then, <laughs> we're going to move away from vagina. So, hi, people that are back. Um, glad you missed that. That sucked. That was horrible. Let's go to the possible stun gun injuries that we talked about. So, there is a rust-colored abrasion underneath her right ear and one on her lower back. So, when we were talking about the possibility that she had a stun gun and the autopsy clinician said, yeah, that's possible, and then the um, PD chief said, mm, probably not. Well, they're assuming that these abrasions could have been that. So then we talked about the abrasions on her back and her left leg. So the one that is under her right ear and the one on her lower back seem to match pretty consistently. And they think that could have been from a stun gun. Oh, okay. And then on her extremities, uh, the fingernails were long she had jewelry on and basically other than the fingernails being long the dna was under there that they didn't have enough to test to match up with the stuff in her long johns i don't know a single six-year-old with long nails i mean well, let me rephrase i don't know any six-year-olds <laughs> at the moment but i just feel like as like as a as a typical kid you're playing in the mud you're playing in sand you're on the little swings in the jungle gym and your hands are dirty and everything and for her to have long and what i imagine most of the time manicured hands is so upsetting she's a child yeah she's supposed to have like dirt and scrapes and like scars from falling off her bike yeah she's supposed to have like skinned knees from being a kid not from being (sighs) assaulted so uh then we're gonna move on to the last piece here before we get to the fiber evidence and that's just hair have evidence so there was human hair on the blanket that she was found in it is not a match to any of the ramses the ramses have all submitted hair follicles so they could match it up it wasn't um sourced to john john andrew ramsey or burke or patsy and then they had some family friends like i assume the fleets 
Fleet White and Priscilla White did it as well. But again, that's an assumption. I don't know that for a fact. But there's also a hair on the sleeve. Um, and it appears to be split, but we also think that it's two hairs like from a doll. And it originally was categorized as human hair. So oh. it's possible that it was like an American girl doll with nice hair. Or some dolls will use human hair. Or right. paintbrushes will use human hair. That's true. Just saying. So, um, and then lastly, the animal hair. Obviously, the stuff that was allegedly from a beaver that was found on the duct tape was also found on her hands. But like you said, dark animal hair is found on her hands. Uh, doesn't mean that it couldn't have been matched to the paintbrush. So lastly, we're going to go over some fibers here. A lot of fiber. I'm going to make this pretty short and sweet here because a ton of the fibers that they find, especially connected to things in the home, like fibers in the paint tray, matched the clothing that the Ramseys were wearing that day because it's their fucking house. Because if it's Christmas and my name is Patsy Ramsey and I want to put on a pretty sweater and paint a picture, I'm allowed to do that in my own home. Especially if I'm not assuming that my child is about to be murdered. You know? I hate this. Um, that being said, there were fibers left on the duct tape, which is important. They were found and they were similar to a jacket worn by Patsy that Christmas. And they also think that these could have ended up here as Dr. Henry Lee said, if a mother kissed her child goodnight. So, you know, it's my fibers are microscopic. They did say that the Ramses came home and put their kids to bed. You know what I mean? I would tuck them in and give them a little goodnight, sweet dreams, read them a book. Which I also think lends credit to the idea that she was wearing that nightgown that was found next to her because she was in bed. Right. Before this, presumably? Yes. Then there were dark fibers found in the genital area. Um, there were blue cotton fibers and black fibers. And it does seem like they thought some of these fibers could have come from one, or one of her like stuffed animals. But that was counted out. Okay. Then we know that... There were blue and black fibers. So the black fibers were originally thought of just as black. And then they sort of separated them. And to my knowledge, the blue fibers they thought came from or were quote unquote consistent with John's robe because they were blue cotton fibers. They also thought the black fibers might have come from John and one of the shirts that he was wearing. But the shirts he was wearing the shirt he was wearing was wool and the fibers were caught in. So that wasn't a match. Okay. So it was the same color, but not the right material. Right. And I do believe that the um, blue fibers were the ones that were traced back to that lab. Okay. If I remember correctly, and if I'm wrong, I'll correct myself, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right here. Then there were also brown fibers found on John Bonet's body, the paintbrush, the duct tape, and they don't match anything in the Ramsey home. They wonder, and by they, in this sentence, I'm talking to the internet sleuths, people wonder if that could have been from the Molly American Girl doll that she got. Mm. 
because, you know, you also have to find fibers from like the dolls and stuff she plays with. And even if she changed the American Girl dolls clothes, Mm -hmm. it's possible the original ones had brown clothing because Molly, I believe, does come in like a brown dress or something. I never had an American Girl doll. I had two. I had one when I was like super pumped and I got another one that I was super pumped about. Um, The problem is the second one that I was super pumped about was right before I got out of my American Girl doll face. Oh, yeah. So sad, but um, they're fun. They're just freaking expensive. Is it American Girl dolls who the um, Angela in the office says she has to go to the store and get the doll, like the yes the older it's like the colonial doll or something like that. I love that and she's like they fit me <laughs> yes American Girl dolls are one hundred and fifteen dollars right now Ugh. for a doll that's a lot that's a lot for now a do doll. girls like play with them or are those ones that like you keep pristine yes and yes okay so, so you get the doll and it's like hey see how pretty it is don't fucking touch it. Well, it's like you get the doll and you play with it. And most girls are like, oh, I should keep this pristine because my mom spent $100 on a doll and then I had like cut its hair off. Hmm. Um, Although the American Girl doll store did also have like a salon so you could fix it if you did that. Oh, my God. Which, A, love the sustainability, all about fixing what we have instead of getting new, but hate the fact that there's a full-on salon for dolls. That I'm sure you spend enough to get a haircut yourself on. Um, could you imagine going to school to do hair and be like, you know what I do? I don't even cut real people's hair. I do American Girl dolls hair. My customers are the quietest you'll ever meet. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> That's an introvert hairdresser. <laughs> there are two more fibers that I want to talk about. There are fibers from the sham and duvet uh, from John Benet's room. And guess where they were found? Where were those found? On that suitcase beneath the window in the basement. Oh, no. Where the step footprint was found. That was by the baseball bat outside. Okay. Yeah. Super cute. Um, And last, there were green fibers in the hair, but they thought it came from the room. So apparently they did not put it in the initial report. It had to be added as an addendum. Wow. Okay. Cute love to see it so fuck it one last thing um it's always one more thing it's the fucking worst the last thing that i really wanted to talk about was the food so um it was found during the autopsy that john benet ramsey had had a snack before she went to bed Mm. or after she went to bed and got woken up we don't know So there was on the table a bowl of pineapple. In the kitchen, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There was a bowl with some pineapple, although I can't remember if it was just like pineapple juice and she ate all of it or if there was like a piece or two left. Okay. And this is where they lend the SBTC acronym. Yeah. Right? To this. So it's this bowl with the like the remnants of the pineapple, a spoon, and then there is like a big plastic cup that you'd give to kids and a tea bag hanging out of it okay so s spoon b for bowl t for the tea and then c for the cup yep sbtc that's very odd uh very interesting here the ramses denied having fed pineapple to john benet so either they're lying or it was somebody else and burke was never questioned about the pineapple 
Okay. Was she, do you think, old enough to have grabbed that herself if she wanted to? Like, hey, mom and dad aren't there. I want a snack. Here's the thing. My thought process on it is that I don't think she would have been able to make tea herself as well. Do I think she could have grabbed some pineapple and put it in a bowl if there was pre-cut pineapple? Yes. Do I think that she, as a six-year-old, would know to like get warm water to put in the, like, you know, yeah, get warm water to put tea. tea bag in, then put it in the fridge to let it cool down, and then take it out so it was cold because it was like a cool cup. It wasn't like a mug or anything, so it couldn't have been hot, hot. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think so. That's my personal. I take. mean, I don't even know if she'd be tall and like. I own my house and I'm not tall enough to reach the cups in the cupboards. I have a step yep. stool in every room in my house. So yeah, I don't know if she's like actually even physically big enough. So we hate that. But basically the way that the autopsy technicians go through what's in your stomach and your body has to do with the digestion time of things in your stomach. So if of stomach contents are emptied. That's like two and a half to three hours of digestion. Whereas total emptying of the stomach is four to five hours. 50% emptying of the small intestine is two and a half to three hours. And transit through the colon is 30 to 40 hours. So this is like an average. And the pineapple was found at the top of her colon. Okay. So it had just gotten through her body. Which basically, if we do the math and we take the time you know even if we assume that John Bonet was dead at five o'clock in the morning 52 minutes before Patsy finds the ransom letter mm-hmm. we would have to go back five hours for her um, like her stomach to be emptied another three hours for the content so that's what 9 p.m yep yeah so it would have been anywhere between 9 p.m and literally like five hours before that n- midnight that she would have eaten it. So, and again, that's an estimate because we don't know the exact time that she died. Right. And they also just brought her up the stairs and put her on the couch for like seven hours anyway, too. So mm-hmm. who knows? Oh, what? Eight hours and 45 minutes in case you were wondering. Oh, okay. That's at least she was found before 2 p.m. when the FBI got there and the coroner didn't come till 1045. That's fucking worse. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fucking the worst? So. Some people think that the pineapple is unconnected. It's possible. For me, the thought process here is that the pineapple does not necessarily have to do anything with the death, but the pineapple should give us extra context, right? Either she did not go to bed when they went home and got put to bed and got a snack herself or got Brooke to get her a snack or a friendly intruder came in and she said, oh, I know this person. Can you get me a snack? Or... The Ramseys are lying about not giving her pineapple, and they did. Or Burke just gave her the pineapple, and he was never asked about it, so you can't cross-reference that. Right. Or, um, fuck it, maybe it was, I don't know, maybe Burke got the snack and she had a few bites. Like, you just never know. So I don't necessarily think that the pineapple has anything to do with the killing, but I think it gives context that we need to keep in mind. I think the only way that we would connect that to the killing would be if she were like choking on it or something like that, or it was laced with some kind of poison or drug or something. Right. And they would have found that in toxicology. Right. But the only thing it does for me, or I'll rephrase, what it should have done was probably provide a, 
a more exact time of death, which we don't have because they still let her body sit. Mm-hmm. I bet if they got it at 6 a.m. when the ransom note was found and they actually searched the home when they said they did right. and found her body then, I bet we'd actually have something pretty concrete. Oh, it just makes me fucking sad. So that was awful. But that was evidence part two. And part one was a lot more fun. But part two, I suppose, is more informative. It is awful. So to give you guys an overview of the last two episodes in this series, the first episode of evidence was digging into the ransom note. The circumstances around the ransom note, the way it was written, the words that were used, the likelihood of the penmanship all being connected to one person or one person having those traits of the way that it was written, the language that was used in the letter. And then in this one, we dove into the autopsy, what was found on her body, what was found in her body. Yeah. The clothing she was wearing, the fibers found in and around her, just terrible. And we learned that the six-year-old was alive and sexually assaulted, likely with the paintbrush that was used to strangle her later on. And whoever it was, uh, either they put duct tape on, took it off, and replaced it after she died, or she knew them enough to not make sound or it happened frequently enough that she was not concerned that could have been normal for her Mm -hmm. well and i bring that up because in my years and years and years of obsessing over this case there have been a few times that i found resources that talk about shady characters in the pageantry scene and things and by things i do mean bruising and other evidence having come up that there might have been some assault going on with John Bonet. And to my knowledge, nothing was done. <sighs> and that's why I say when I think about the pageantry part of this, I don't think that her parents necessarily abused her. That's not really where I go with it. It's possible, but it certainly was negligence at the very least. You're letting things like that go by you and you're, changing your daughter's clothes when she wets herself or like turned a blind eye to it basically yeah so it's like either you're doing it you're enabling it or you're overlooking it and all three of them are detrimental to your child's well-being so don't love it but so what do we have in the next episode of the series things to look forward to we are bringing this to a close because this all sucks and I've given you a lot of hours of JonBenet research, but a lot of hours of JonBenet content. So the next one, we're going to be going over the suspects. Okay. The prime suspects. And then we're, well, and in that one, I'll go over some of the suspects that were thought to have done it and either have been, you know, quote unquote, exonerated of being a suspect. Mm for various reasons or not and why they're still considered a suspect. And then in the last one, I'm going to talk about things to look for going forward in the JonBenet case. So as more updates come out, as more research comes out, as we look more into like the DNA technology that we have now, what are we hoping that we've found here can be used for something more? Um, And also to just let you guys know, like 
where I'm looking for these updates. I told you I have a Google search alert on and that's the primary of it. But there are a couple of websites that I trust more than others. Like, you know, I, I trust a news source before I trusted like jbrlivezon.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a real one, by the way. Probably I just made is. it up. There's a ton. Um, and so I will end it with my theory of what happened. And then we're going to move on to something a little more lighthearted for a minute. Yeah, we're going to have to do like a fun one or something. That's awful. A fun murder. Let's do a fun one. Maybe I'll do something like spooky. We're going to we're getting into the spoopy time. We have to do some spoops. We do need to do some spoops. Um, hey, I want to end this one. You know how we were talking about like ending things on a good fun note now? Yes. I'll end this one with a spooky joke. Ooh, okay. Okay. Ready? Ready. Why couldn't the ghost have any kids? Why? Because he had a Halloweenie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I like that one. All right, guys. Thank you for sticking around for all this shit. And we hang, love you. Hanging out with us. Yeah, we appreciate you. We love you. Please tell a friend. Give us a little rate, a review. Um, download some episodes. I don't know. Spread the word. We like it. We love it. We want some more of it. I like it. I love it. I mm-hmm. want some more. Okay. Um, but you can get even more and maybe some personalized stuff if you were to send us a little DM. Yes. Where could they do that? They could do that on our Instagram page. You guys can find us at About Time for True Crime Pod with periods in between all the words. And that four is that. It's a word. Oh, like yeah. an F-O-R? Like an F-O-R. Well, that's so weird because I know that our Gmail, which is about time, the number four, tc at gmail.com, isn't a word. Yes. No, yeah. we use the cute little numeral in yeah. the Gmail. So that's about time, numeral four, tc at gmail.com. But it's so interesting that we switched it up for our podcast. I know. We just love it. Is that a good idea? We don't know. Okay. We'll see. But we would love for you guys to send us... What you think on the John Bonet Ramsey case? Hell yeah! What other cases like this would you want us to do a deeper dive on? And please send us pictures of your cats and just pop on to say hi. Yeah. We love to hear from you. We have all the sources that we use, any of the resources that we used to find our actual information in our show notes. But the resources will be on Instagram. We also have highlights for. Um, I don't know, any of the national resources like our hotlines for any of the things that we talk about here. And you guys, I really hope you have a good day. I hope you go check it out. Enjoy it. We do it for you. I mean, we know the cases. We read about them. We talk about them. Mm -hmm. And we like to give you guys a face to a name. So those will show up every time we make an episode. We also post lots of photos. So all the love in the world. Um, drink your water. And I think that was it. That was it. If I check my watch, I will see that that was about About time time for true crime. Bye. Oh my gosh. You guys (laughs) fucking jinx. I'm not going to talk until the next time I'm here. (laughs) Bye. Bye.